I just kind of saw long-term a better path of working with fewer people, deeper relationships, and then kind of double dipping my time where I'm learning on the job as I'm building and growing my own investment portfolio. Hello and welcome to episode 151 of the Smart Agents Podcast. As always, my name is Michael Walter and I'll be your host. In today's episode, we are joined by Minnesota-based agent and real estate investor, Mike Swinson. Prior to entering the real estate industry, Mike became an accidental landlord in 2010, riding the ups and downs of the market along the way. In 2014, he became the COO of the 19th largest residential real estate team in the United States before launching his own team and focusing on investment properties. Using his own experience and that gain through brokering deals for his clients, Mike is now on a mission to help more people achieve financial freedom and invest in real estate. Throughout our conversation, Mike shares his tips for attracting new investor clients, getting started investing in yourself, and explains why agents are in a unique position to invest in real estate themselves. But before we get on to today's featured interview, make sure to subscribe to the Smart Agents Podcast. You can find the show on all major podcasting platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Also, if you or someone else on your team has an incredible story or real estate tips to share with our community, send us a message to feedback at smartagents.com. We're always on the lookout for new stories to share. All right, let's get on to today's featured interview with Mike Swenson. If you're interested in learning more about real estate investing, I highly recommend checking out his podcast, The Real Freedom Podcast, and visiting his website, realfreedom.com. I've included links in the episode description. Well, the way I like to start everything out is if you could just introduce yourself to everybody where you're at and a little bit about what you do. Yeah, so I'm Mike Swenson. Um, I am a real estate agent based in Minnesota. And so currently right now, um, I focus on working with investors and I'll obviously talk a little bit more about that in the future. But how I got into real estate is, um, well, I, sh- I should back up a little bit. Um, I worked for a nonprofit right out of college and I was in operations and finance. So that's kind of what my my degree is entrepreneurship and finance. Um, but I, I worked for a nonprofit for 10 years. Um, during that time, <clears throat> became an accidental landlord um, because we purchased our townhouse right when my wife and I got married in 2006. And I was so excited because uh, it was a two-year-old complex. And so we were getting a, a new, newish townhouse and we got it for a couple thousand dollars less than they had originally bought it for two years prior. So I thought, oh, great, we're getting a good deal. Uh, my lender said the appraisal came back high, so we have instant equity. And so my my first experience with real estate was that. Um, we had a first and a second mortgage. The second mortgage was a five-year arm uh, because my lender at the time said, hey, you guys going to sell within the first five years? And I said, yep, and said, okay, no worries. And what ended up happening is the market crash. And so we got uh, stuck with a kind of a ticking time bomb with that second mortgage. Um, all of my neighbors either foreclosed and short sailed and our house uh, went down to about half of the value of what it was when we bought it over the course of the next two or three years. And so I had to make a decision there. What it, what do I want to do? And so I was working for this nonprofit. My wife was getting her master's degree. So she was nannying full time. And we said, you know what? I wonder if it'd be possible to potentially rent it out. And so I talked to a lender and I said, hey, what would that look like? Is it even possible? And uh, <clears throat> and he said, yeah, we might be able to make the numbers work. Um, my wife had a coworker that had uh, said that decided that they wanted to lease a townhouse because they were going to move back out east after a year or two. So they were our first renters. 
Uh, we got everything approved and then we bought a short sale. Um, I'd worked in college uh, and construction. So I like working on stuff and fixing things up. Uh, and then we ended up holding that rental all the way up until we sold it at the beginning of 2022. So um, so that was kind of my first experience in real estate. Um, but then kind of going back to the original question, um, I got in real estate full-time in 2014 on the operations admin side, uh, worked with a really large real estate team as the COO. And then I started my own team in 2020. Uh, we focused probably for about the first six to 12 months on residential and then quickly shifted to work with investors. And we've been investor focused since then. And then now uh, we just merged in with a large team um, that works in Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Florida as an opportunity to be able to work with more agents and more of their databases on just the power of real estate investing and how you can really use investing to hit your goals um, and then your clients' goals as well. So that is the backstory. Right. Awesome. So definitely, you know, two kind of major things I want to touch on today is, you know, first off, um, for agents looking to work with investors, you know, some of those tips and things to bring on investors to work with and, uh, you know, ways to kind of market yourself uh, with, you know, the investors, but then also shifting gears later on, I want to talk to you about how agents themselves can become investors. So uh, really, I think both of those two topics, I think are going to be greatly uh, beneficial to our listeners here. Yeah, sure. So do you want to start talking about just kind of the working with investors first? Yeah, so absolutely. I'd love to uh, kind of just pick your brain a little bit about um, when you decided to really kind of start working uh, with investors and going that route as your client base. Uh, what were some of those things that you were doing to uh, market yourself and get in front of those investors? Yeah, so I think number one, um, I, I I wasn't afraid to be dumb <laughs> at something, right? <laughs> Even though I had had um, experience as a landlord. Uh, we also did a fix and flip on a property that we had rented out for a couple of years. So I'd had some experience um, working with investors and, and working with tenants in the past, um, but there's so much that I didn't know. And all that I'd really known was residential real estate from, from you know 2014 to 2020. And what I saw in working with investors was a couple of things. Number one, it was an ability where I could double dip my time. So I wanted to learn more about investing myself. I wanted to build my own rental portfolio. And I thought, hey, if I can spend some time learning the stuff myself for my job, I, I kind of talk about it as my day job is working with investors. My night job is being an investor. And so I see it as an opportunity to kind of double dip my time. So everything that I'm learning in kind of my day job helps me in my night job to be able to grow my own portfolio. And then I've had experiences working with investors in short-term rentals, mid-term rentals, regular rentals, single families, fix and flips, all the way up to commercial residential um, because we own a 26-unit apartment building now really out of my ability to learn working with investors and to find a good deal and find an investor partner to work with us allowed us to, to purchase a 26-unit building. So all of these things, I just saw it as an opportunity where I'm double dipping my time because I think what happens for a lot of folks in the residential side is they don't run across investments enough to where it really captures their attention, right? As we know, investors are super busy. They're getting pulled in a ton of different directions. They're putting out fires. And my concern with that is 
you know, if I have an investment goal of, let's say I want to get a rental property as soon as possible, well, life gets busy, right? And your, your work life as an agent gets really busy. And then you might be two, three years down the road and you're no closer to your financial goal of getting that investment property. So I kind of saw it as an opportunity to kind of force myself to double dip my time because I'm looking at investment properties all day long. Now, if I find something that's a good deal, I can purchase it myself. Or what I'm going to do is is work with investor partners and do some partnership deals together. And so um, that was kind of the the main piece. And then the other one is I had I had learned from somebody who worked with investors about you know, if if I want to have 80 closings in a year, which is a really large goal, right? But if you think about 80 closings, well, if the average person moves every seven to 10 years, I got to stay in touch with a database of, let's just call it 500, 800, 1,000 people for seven years and hope that they choose me when the time is right. So I'm nurturing, 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 nurturing that 500 to 8 or 1,000 database what if I found 20 investors that bought four properties a year? Now I can work with 20 people. They buy four properties a year. And then guess what? Next year, it's the same 20 people and they might buy four more properties. Now it doesn't work as cookie cutter as that. Um, and I don't have that yet. Um, but at the same time, we've had a few investors that have bought two, three, four, five properties with us. And so it's planting those seeds where I'm hopefully going to have more of the wind at my back than feel like I'm running into the wind. Um, and so we just kind of taken that leap to the investor side. But I think for a lot of people, we may discount working with investors because it's a lower price point. Um, they maybe don't have loyalty to me because it's they got to find the right property. And if another agent brings a property, they'll purchase with them. Right. Yeah, those are all challenges we have to deal with. But I just kind of saw long term a better path of working with fewer people, deeper relationships, and then kind of double dipping my time where I'm learning on the job as I'm building and growing my own investment portfolio. Right. Absolutely. So when you are bringing a property to an uh, investor, um, obviously it's going to be different than, you know, taking a client in your car and going through, you know, several different listings and getting that face-to-face -face time, you know, really kind of walking the property. So tell me a little bit about the differences that you have, that you have learned and kind of learned to really overcome when it comes to that, not being able to create that real deep personal relationship. Yeah, so I think I think we build the the deeper relationship through time. Um, you know, I have a conversation with a new investor, and we might write a purchase agreement within the first two days of ever meeting yeah. that person. So that's another benefit too, is that business can can happen quickly. Um, now, I've also worked on building my reputation, having other investors that I've worked with. So that stuff takes time, um, but some of the benefits are. Um, a lot of my investors are are out of state. And so if a new property comes up that looks like a great deal, I can just hop in my car and go there. I take pictures, I take a walkthrough video, I put it in a Google Drive and I send it out to that investor. And then if I think there's multiple investors in my database that are interested in that property, I'll send it to all of them. And so you kind of have a little bit more of an opportunity where maybe you get three, four, five people interested in the same property. So we've had it before. I think we've had three might be our record um, on my team where we've had uh, three offers written on the same property with three different investors. And so that's another benefit is, you know, we're focusing on finding that property um, and so it's a, it's a little bit more nine to five business hours too, because an investor, they're busy with their job. They're busy with their family life. 
It's not, hey, this is going to be the next home that I live in for seven to 10 years and I'm so emotionally invested in it. So like the property goes live at five, we got to be in the car by 5.30 to get first in line for these offers. Really, you know, with if a property has tenants in it, you need 24 hours advance notice anyhow. So um, if that's the case, I can't get in for the next 24 hours, but I can plan a showing, do that myself, hop in the car, throw the photos in a Google Doc or a Google Drive folder. <clears throat> and then two, if that property, if that investor passes, somebody two, three, four, five days later, maybe a week or two later is like, hey, tell me more about that property. Oh, here's all that information that I already collected. So when you put a little system in place, it allows you to be able to um, make good use of your time as well. So I find the hours are are pretty good. Um, I, I do showings maybe on Saturday mornings if there's a new property, like that new one that comes up on Friday after 24 hours notice. Maybe it's a Saturday I'm looking at the property, but it's usually myself. Um, and then I'm back with my family by, you know, noon on a Saturday and then I've got the whole weekend. Um, and so I think it's worked out well for me and my family, um, and our hours and then not having to chase every single new home that comes on the market. Right. Absolutely. When you are, um, looking to add more investors to your data, you know, your database and, and bring those on, uh, to people that can be potential, you know, buyers for the properties that you're, uh, showing what are how are you you know marketing to them to show hey I have an expertise in this I'm going to be the person that can help broker this deal for you yeah so I've chosen to do that through content um, really just um, you know communicating with my database about the benefits of investing telling good stories of investment properties that have helped clients um, even talking about properties that you didn't choose to move forward with and why. Um, and so I think it starts with kind of that edu education piece. You have to start talking about it um, because somebody's not going to be like, you know, hey, I, I work with investors. They're like, oh, you know what? I just had that $100,000 just sitting over there and I was waiting to talk to you. Um, and here you go. Here's all my money to be able to buy that property. So it takes time. You've got to plant those seeds. And so when we made that switch to be investor focused, it was kind of about six months in process where we were still doing the residential side. Uh, but we were talking about some of the benefits of investing. And so I think kind of the first thing is you have to understand those benefits yourself. Um, so like for me, we did a flip property um, uh, in about 2010 that we purchased, we rented out for a couple of years. And when we sold it, I was able to pay off my college loans. So what allowed me to be debt-free from college was an investment property. So that's something that I can talk about. I can share my story with my townhouse about um, you know, how that that tough time with the with the market we kind of doubled down and decided we're going to stick it out and then over time we held that property it appreciated we paid off the mortgage we had tax benefits um and all that kind of stuff that was a good thing the the houses that i've worked on and um kind of did uh you know fix and flip over the course of a few years with my family that's helped us to make more equity so i've seen the benefits of doing that work so then it's talking about it and, you know, we had another story where there was a client of ours that was looking to sell a townhouse and she came to another Mike on my team. Uh, we got two Mikes on the team and said, hey, Mike, I want to sell my townhouse. And he said, well, what if you just held on to that property, turned it into a rental? Do you have enough money that you could put as a down payment on your next property and keep that as a rental? Well, this is about two years ago, two and a half years ago. Fast forward, she was able to, her payment was about a thousand bucks. She's been renting out, it's a three bedroom townhouse. She's been renting it out for $2,100 a month. Um, so making about a thousand dollars plus in cash flow. 
And then now she has a second property, which also is appreciating. And she's like, hey, Mike, kind of what do I do next? I've got two properties. How do I get to a third? And this was a a single lady, one income, um, was able to do it because we educated her on the power of investing and how you can find the right property. Now, that doesn't mean every property is a good fit, but it's finding these stories and being able to educate your database so they start to get curious and ask questions. And then it is case by case basis. Not everybody's in the spot to do it right now. Um, And so you've got to start with that education because it takes time for those seeds to be able to sit long enough where they're like, oh, you know what? I think I should take action on that. Um, so I, I would say kind of the education of them, of, of the benefits of investing is probably a great place to start, but you got to understand it yourself. Right. Absolutely. And I think, you know, just um, when people, you know, when you ask people if you're in uh, real estate and investing, and if they don't really have any background on it, it just, it looks like it's such a big, you know, goal that is so hard to achieve because they do feel like you have to bring all this money to the table. And there's all these hoops, you know, like they, maybe I'm just not quite, you know, I'm not this huge CEO of my company. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. like a single mother with a, with a single income. And I just don't have the means to do that. But through the education that you're doing, uh, you can show that it's not as scary as it uh, it looks. Yeah. And and I think for agents too, yeah, that that's the hard part is uh, you don't have to be an investor yourself to start working with investors, right? The stories I just gave about myself and my client, you can share those stories, right? So it could be, hey, an agent that I know, the guy that I listened to on a podcast had a client that did this. Or, you know, so so I think that's the thing too, is people have these barriers that they feel like, yeah, I have to be a seasoned, accomplished investor with no debt and retired in all the income and cash flow that I have to be able to talk about it. Not at all. You you have to know just enough um, to be able to put that message out there um, to be able to, because a lot of agents don't own their own home and they sell homes, right? So same thing goes true here. You don't have to be an investor yourself yet. I do think you probably should be at least curious about it to learn more. And maybe you don't have that first property, but there's a lot of great places that you can start. I, I always tell people, because a lot of folks will ask, you know, how do I get started if I haven't yet? And I say, hey, start with a property that you have. Could you rent out a bedroom either by the month do it on Airbnb, something like that to start to generate some income. Another opportunity, it's it's called um, uh, rental arbitrage or Airbnb arbitrage, where you find a short-term rental pro- or you find a, a property for lease. So let's take example, uh, somebody's got a house that they're renting out for 1500 bucks a month or something like that. You can go talk to that, that owner and say, look, I'll lease your house for 1500 bucks a month what I'm going to do is I'm going to rent it out as an Airbnb. You pour some money into maybe fixing it up. Maybe you paint it up. Maybe you furnish it a little bit and then you can rent it out. And maybe you rent it out for, let's say $3,000 a month on Airbnb. Well, now you get $1,500 a month in profit. So you don't have to have these lump sums of money. I think a lot of times people feel like I have to have all this money saved up to do that. You could find an opportunity like that to where now you're making, let's say, $1,000, maybe $1,500 a month in cash flow, and then you go do that again, and then you go do that again. So it's it's this snowball that you're going to push down a hill. You've got to roll it up. But once you get it over the hill, it starts to build momentum and go faster and faster. So I think for each person, I would just encourage you kind of find that starting point, find that spot where you can get a little bit of momentum going. Um, and then even from the story standpoint, 
call me up, <laughs> ask me some stories. Hey, Mike, what are some stories I can share about people investing in real estate that have been successful? And then go share those stories. Um, and so the, they don't have to be your own, but you kind of got to get over this, this huge mental hurdle, which is I have to be an accomplished investor. I have to know all of this stuff. Every day I feel dumb. You know, learning new things, um, you know, as we've been working on commercial properties with these apartments, I don't know anything about apartment investing 12 months ago, 18 months ago, but we purchased an apartment complex in October of 2022. I had to learn about a lot about it to be able to do that. And so I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to be kind of the the dumbest guy in the room for a while to figure out what I need to know. And I'm I'm okay to be curious and ask questions. You know, there's a lot of people in the the rental real or the um uh investment real estate space that aren't licensed agents. And a licensed agent is like a four-letter word in those groups, you know, like, oh, those buyers agents, they're just out to steal everybody's commissions. You know, I'm okay being in those rooms. And feeling like the outcast because I want to learn more about investing. And so it's been a lot of investment in my education too. Right. Absolutely. And I think as an agent, you know, you are around these properties all the time. You, you know, you know what's on the market, you know what is happening with home prices and things like that. So I feel like agents, they have a leg up when it comes to finding the right investment properties and kind of knowing the directions to move and pivot when the markets do change. Yeah. And what I tell people is, you know, if I was a stock trader um, and I got a hot stock tip and I traded on some some inside information that I have um, and somebody found out about that, I can go to jail for insider trading. Right. But in real estate, I have all the inside information that I need to be able to be a successful investor. And and it's OK. You're not going to get arrested and handcuffed and handcuffs and taken to jail for knowing a property is going to come on the market ahead of time or you know grabbing your MLS access and running data on sale prices and looking at rental rates and all of that kind of stuff and networking with other mortgage lenders, title companies, um, property managers to find these off-market properties or people looking to sell. You get to use all of your information that you have at your disposal for your own benefit and to be able to help clients as well. So you're sitting on a gold mine of opportunity. You just got to be intentional to start to put some of those pieces together to use it. Yeah, absolutely. For agents that, uh, you know, are listening to this or, you know, and I'm sure that most of the people that are listening to this that haven't already started investing, it's probably been a thought that's crossed their mind at some point. And, you know, they do have those barriers up that are, you know, you know, blocking them from pulling the trigger. Um, what are some of those things you, you talked about, you know, partnering with the, uh, for the Airbnbs and things like that. What are some of those other things that can help people get into investing that maybe don't have the huge lump sum to put right into it right away? Yeah, I would say locally, uh, network within your brokerage. Um, find out other people that are investing and just say, hey, can we grab coffee together? Or a lot of times investors might have uh, maybe like a monthly meetup or something like that. So kind of go find in your market who those investor folks are and just say, hey, can I learn from you? How did you get started? Uh, what lender did you choose? Who's somebody locally that works really well for investors? Um, and start to build that network. So um, talk to property managers. Hey, do you know of any properties that are out there? You just kind of have to be curious um, in your local market and start asking questions, but you have to make an effort for it. So maybe it's you know, Mondays or, you know, Tuesday afternoons, whatever's a time that, 
you know, you have a little bit of free time throughout the week, put an hour on your calendar and that hour is going to be spent. Maybe I go on my MLS and I look at some deals and I start to analyze them. We have a deal calculator on our website that folks can use um, to start to learn how to plug numbers in. So the the more you plug numbers, and I had a, a, a guy that I was talking to that was looking to buy his first Airbnb um, last week. And so he had never run numbers before. So I took an hour and I showed him, here's how you find these numbers. Here's how you run it. Here's how you calculate these things. And he's like, oh, wow, this is amazing. I said, yeah. Mm -hmm. And after doing it for a couple of years, now I can do all that in about five minutes. And so, but the first time I did it, it took me an hour, you know? And so you got to be willing to, to put in those little seeds of time. Um, Like I said, maybe an hour a week, maybe an hour, twice a week. You just find times where you're starting to work. Like I said, it's kind of your day job and your night job mentality. Your night Mm -hmm. job is figuring out how to, to work with investors or to invest yourself. So put a couple of times on your calendar where you can just start to chip away. And the more you learn, the more you realize, okay, here's here's maybe what I want to do. And you start to put that plan together. So you're not just going to sit here not knowing about investments, not knowing what to do and be like, okay, here's my full plan. It's it's like a it's like working out at the gym. I'm not just going to go grab 500 pounds and deadlift it without having done any physical activity for the last year. You're going to start small. You're going to start with the five pound dumbbells. You're going to hop on the treadmill and start walking. After you're walking for a little bit on the treadmill, you start to jog a little bit. Then you start to run. Then you go grab heavier weights. And so think about it just like that. But you got to get started and you got to start to do some things to work that investor muscle a little bit. Right. Absolutely. Um, As you've kind of gone through this process and have been in this, and like you said, you just got the... uh, the apartment about but several months ago what are you seeing as the best types of properties to get involved in as an investor that you know really kind of make the most sense yeah so i i think naturally people start to kind of scale up and so maybe you do start with a single family property or if you can um, you know, I know a lot of people try to try to buy a duplex and maybe live in one half and rent out the other half. Um, but then those folks eventually look into maybe getting a three or a four unit building. And now some of our investors have purchased these two to four unit buildings. And now they're looking at kind of five to 10 unit buildings. And a couple of the properties that we helped our investor buy um, was because another investor had like three or 400 units that he was selling and it was all kind of duplex, triplex, fourplex stuff because he's doing a large development project in a different area. So he was selling his assets. So I think there's kind of this natural scaling up piece that happens. Um, I will also say there are opportunities out there Um, You know, as we've explored more about investing in apartment complexes, doing a real estate syndication where essentially, you know, we identify a good investment property, we put together the strategy, we calculate all the potential returns and what they could be, and then somebody can decide to put their money into it. So you could put in, um, you know, depending on the the asset, but a, a smaller complex, you could put in ten to twenty five thousand dollars, maybe, depending if you find that right person. And then the cool thing about real estate syndications is it's completely passive to you because the way they're set up is people like me identify these opportunities. Part of the financial calculations that we put together is figuring us kind of helping to manage that asset, and so. 
we're talking with the property managers to execute the strategy. And then you are truly passive. And we give monthly updates on here's where the asset's at. Here's what we're looking to do, whether it's a three-year hold, five-year hold, 10-year, whatever that might be. But you kind of buy into that strategy of what somebody's trying to do. And then you can, you're can you completely passive in that opportunity. And so um, some folks don't mind necessarily just jumping into that because now I don't have to go through the the learning curves of the tenants and the toilets and all that stuff, I can just say, here's my money. Now you have to trust that person and it has to be a good opportunity that you vet out, but you can be passive right out of the gate as well, investing in an asset like an apartment complex um, that has some economies of scale there versus trying to do a single family flip yourself and try to figure all that out and learn. You can just say, hey, there's people like Mike out there that do this stuff. Um, here's here's my real estate investing beginning money. And now I don't have to do any of that stuff actively. So I talk to with people about kind of what do you want to be? Do you want to be an active investor or more of a passive investor that might fit your lifestyle? But everybody's different. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you know, you've obviously, like you said, you you know, sharing the edge, the educational piece and sharing the content and getting that, you know, getting this message out there is a big uh, part of what you do. And tell me a little bit about your own podcast and what you're doing to, you know, get that, um, that message out there. Yeah. So I started, uh, it's the, the real freedom podcast and it's spelled R E L, which stands for real estate leveraged. So real estate leveraged freedom. And I started it two and a half years ago, really just to share stories of people pursuing time and financial freedom through opportunities in real estate. So some of them are investors. Some of them are just agents building their business. Some of them are even admin staff building a a business like a TC company. Um, So there's so many different ways that you can make money in real estate. And I just wanted to highlight people that are doing that. So so I have a podcast. Um, Episodes had been released every Thursday. Um, now for two and a half years and now starting in June, 2023, we're now moving to two episodes a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And it's just telling good stories of people doing that. Um, Obviously, because we talk a little bit more about investing too, we have investors on, we have people talking about things like 1031 exchanges or doing a cost segregation study to save you on taxes. So we go a little bit deeper on some of those investing topics, but just an opportunity to share stories of people doing cool things uh, in in terms of building time and financial freedom through real estate. So we have that. Um, our, our website, Real Freedom, R-E-L-Freedom.com, uh, has information with all the episodes as well as blog posts that we're uh, making, talking more about investing in real estate, how to get started, how to overcome those barriers. And then just starting within the last few weeks, I put together a, a membership here of... Uh, a lot of the content that I've developed over the last few years, like knowing how to run numbers on an investment property. Well, we've got a calculator, but walking through, here's how you do that. Or how do I go find deals? How do I learn how to be an investor agent? How do I market myself to investors? But this is all stuff that you're learning yourself so that you can use to to get more sales in your business. But then two, to potentially start to use these principles yourself as an investor. So I have a membership there and then I have a weekly mastermind group where it's agents um, talking about their investing goals, but then also working with investors. And so uh, we meet once a week and do that. Um, but uh, agentinvestormastermind.com is the place where you can find all that information out. Awesome. I think it's it's got to be really uh, fulfilling, you know, for you to work with folks like, you know, the the woman that had the townhome and now to be able to, 
you know, start building up that generational wealth and, you know, setting yourself up for the future uh, through, you know, the health that you guys are providing. Yeah. And I think it probably starts with believing that you can do it too. And, and that's the hard thing because so many people out there have reasons why they can't do it, you know? And if it's something that you do really want for yourself in the future, you got to figure out how to get started. And I think that's the thing is I'm trying to share these stories of, yeah, if that lady can do it, you can do it too. And yeah, I don't have to have tons of money to be able to get started, but being okay to figure out how I can get started. You've got to be teachable and moldable. And then it's just like, you know, going up a staircase, you can't, you know, necessarily jump to the fifth stair. You got to take the first step first. And then after the first step, then you can take the second step. And I think some people feel like they got to jump to the 10th step. And if I can't jump to the 10th step, then I'm not going to jump at all. And so, but you got to get started. I've had a ton of learnings along the way, a ton of crazy stuff that's happened. I had to um, redo the flooring on a basement twice um, after there was a leak in the basement. And so it was a week before we were putting a property on the market on a flip and we finished all the flooring. And then I came in the next day and it was wet and we pulled it up. We thought we fixed it, um, but we it was a different water leak than what we thought. And I came back the next day and it was wet again. <laughs> and so I've had a lot of tough learnings. Like there's been a lot of tough stuff that's happened, uh, but it's helped me to get faster, further faster and take that next step. So you kind of just have to be willing to, to go through that messy middle uh, to get to the other side. And in no way am I on the other side. I'm still going through the messy middle myself, myself figuring out kind of what my next steps are. Awesome. Well, I really do appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk to us this morning or this afternoon, and we will definitely be uh, sharing all the links and everything to uh, your podcast and your blog to uh, so that our listeners can uh, get more of your information. Thank you. And yeah, I would just encourage you, if you don't know where to start, just reach out. Let's have a conversation and I can hopefully, you know, point you in a couple of directions, give you a couple of things to think about. Um, I just love having that conversation with people where it's like, I don't know where to start. What can I do? Well, tell me a little bit more about your situation, where you're at, and maybe you go think about this, or maybe you go research this, or maybe you go talk to this person so that we can start to formulate maybe what the first step looks like. Um, so, so don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'm happy to help and have all these conversations with you guys. Absolutely. Well, again, thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. I really want to thank Mike for joining us today. And if you're one of those people that has been interested in starting a real estate portfolio yourself, but haven't pulled the trigger, I recommend checking out the Real Freedom Podcast and Mike's website for more information. So once again, if you think you or someone else on your team has an incredible story or real estate tips to share with our community, send us a message at feedback at smartagents.com. Well, that wraps things up for this episode. But remember, follow the show wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure to subscribe to the Smart Agents YouTube channel. Again, I'm Michael Walter, and we'll see you on the next episode.